Welcome to Neurological Deep Dive Podcast. I am your host, Fair Fonz, and today I'll have Gospel Dawn with me, and we're going to talk about toxic masculinity and is it a lie? Is it? Well, you could tell us, but we're going to give you some insights on what we believe and what it is according to the Bible and what it's doing to the male uh, culture and if you don't believe me, do you believe that the generation uh, today is weaker than, say, Generation X? That's something for you to go off of, something for you to think about. Thank you for listening, uh, and here we go. Welcome to the Gospel Hour with Dawn. And uh, our topic today is Toxic Masculinity. And um, I first want to say that all men and all women ought to be very, very thankful for men and be very thankful for masculinity. If you really stop and think about it, think of all the bridges and roads, buildings, farms, cars, even the United States. All these things were constructed or built by men. Even babies come because of men. Computers, water systems. So there is a lot to be thankful for, for men and for masculinity. So um, we have to be very careful about attacking the male gender. And that's what modern day toxic masculinity is really all about. Um, Men are commanded by God to rule to have dominion over the earth. And women are to be men's helpers in this whole process. So women need men more than they realize. And so um, let's turn to some scriptures. Um, Well, before I turn to a scripture, I want to say this. I heard this from the it, this I found this in a note in the NIV Bible, the New International Version, which is uh, produced by people who do not like the King James Version. And this is a quote from them. They said, Without female companionship and a partner in reproduction, the man could not fully realize his humanity. End quote. And um, this was found in a Bible, uh, or a so-called Bible, the NIV. And I believe this is not true uh, for several reasons. Number one, man was fully human before he even created a woman. And of course, the Bible says that God created the woman out of the man. So the man existed, and he was fully man and fully human before there was ever a woman created. And plus, some of the greatest men who ever lived, the Lord Jesus was the greatest man who ever lived, and he never was married. The Apostle Paul was a celibate man, and he was never married. Francis Osbury is another great Methodist who lived in America quite a while ago, and was a very uh, useful Christian. So all these people, all these men, were fully human, and they were a tremendous blessing to the world. And if you would look in Revelation chapter 14, it talks about the virgins 
who were holy and useful. And it says they were not defiled with women. So, and it also says they were virgins. So that probably means they were not married. So a man does not technically need a woman. Now, in the Bible, it does say in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. So, uh, see, it says it's not good. That doesn't mean a man is incomplete without the woman. What it means is it's not good for the human race if man is alone because there will be no human race. Uh, so there would, there would be no multiplying. And so that's why it's not good. And also we could say man is a social creature. And if man is the only person on this planet, it would be kind of boring and kind of difficult for man because he is a social creature. We are all designed to, to uh, interact with other people. So I believe that's what that text is saying, technically speaking anyway. So um, now, the social engineers of today, who are the leftists and the liberals, and I believe they are the same people as the communists, or at least they are communist sympathizers. They like to use the word toxic. And the reason why is they don't want to use the word sin. They try to avoid the word evil and lawless and badness and immoral. They try to avoid those, uh, those concepts. So they use words like toxic, which really means poisonous, or negative. They like to use that. They'll call behaviors negative behaviors. Well, these are not Bible terms. Or they'll even use unhealthy. But Marxists do not want to push the concept of good and evil. Because in the Communist Manifesto, on page 24, and I've got a copy of it, it says that the communists want to abolish eternal truths, they want to abolish all religion, and they want to abolish all morality. So in other words, they love, they love to confuse morality. And they don't, uh, in other words, they don't want us to have moral clarity. So they try to avoid calling certain behaviors immoral. And this comes from the Communist Manifesto, which is really all about liberalism. That's, uh, there's almost no difference between liberalism and the Communist Manifesto, because here's another quote from the Communist Manifesto. It says, they act in contradiction to all past historical experience. That, too, is on page 24. So, in other words, they act according to that which is not traditional and not historical experience. So, they, that's liberalism. That's... They call it progressivism, but actually it's not progressiveness at all. It's digression. It's going away from, from the Bible. Now, in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, it says this, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And this is what liberals, leftists, social engineers... And the Jesuits are behind this, which are part of the Roman Catholic system. Uh, they are trying to confuse morality, and that's what's taking place right now. So 
This is their definition of toxic masculinity. They say it's characterized, toxic masculinity now, is characterized by social dominance in men, self-reliance in men, men who oppose homosexuality, men who are emotionally repressed, that means they don't like to express emotion, they don't, they, they don't express emotion, and also men who seek power over women. In their definition, this is toxic. Well, it's the exact opposite of what God wants. Let me, uh, let me get into this. Uh, first of all, Satan or liberals do not want men to be socially dominant. And, and in other words, they want the woman to be socially dominant. And that's the exact opposite of what God's word says. And I already read you a, a verse that says, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. The word meet means convenient or fit or suitable for him. That's why God made the woman to be a helper to the man. That means she is to play a subordinate role, not a dominant role in the family or in society. And uh, it's interesting, another corrupt modern Bible version, the New King James Version, which is not a King James at all, they use the word, I will make him and help con um, comparable to him. And that's what they, they say, which is not correct. There's a, quite a difference between comparable and meet. And the word meet is M-E-E-T, which means fit or suitable. So they love to um, confuse matters, yeah, the, the, the producers of the new uh, modern versions. So here's another verse. It's in Genesis chapter 3. Now, remember, I'm, I'm talking about how Satan does not want men to be socially dominant. And neither do the, the communists or, or the leftists. I'm thinking, I'm looking at Genesis chapter 3, verse 16. It says, Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Well, that word shall speaks of a command. He shall rule. That is God's plan for the, the man to rule over the wife. <coughs> Excuse me. So, um, and if you look also in Genesis chapter 5, verse 2, there's another thing uh, that is quite noteworthy. It says this, chapter 5, verse 1, this is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man in the likeness of God, made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. What did God call their name? He called them Adam. So in other words, the wife took on the name of the husband. That's why we call somebody like Mr. and Mrs. John Doe. That's what happens in marriage, the, the woman uh, loses her identity when she gets married 
and she uh, also um, receives the man as the head. So, so this verse shows that um, the um, it shows that the wife in marriage loses her identity to the husband. It shows that the man is the head of the wife because he calls their name Adam, and it shows that they are both one, which shows the un unity and the, the fact that marriage is to be for life, and they become one. So that's why traditionalism would call uh, a, a couple Mr. and Mrs. so-and-so, but they take the name of the husband. That's why they did that in the olden days. Well, they've changed that now, and a lot of women who get married, they, take, they keep their maiden name. And that's a sign that they don't want to be following the Bible, or they don't want to follow, um, they, they, they want to maintain their own identity. And, and that's not healthy for a society. It's contrary to God's word. So, um, so Satan is the one that does not want men to be socially dominant. Also, uh, Satan or antichrists or liberals, they do not want men to be self-reliant. Satan wants men to depend upon the government handouts or to depend upon the wife's income or to depend upon uh, food produced by big companies like Monsanto or places like or companies like that. So Satan does not want us to be self-reliant. But the liberals, they want us to be self-reliant. They call it toxic. If a, if a man is self-reliant, they call that toxic masculinity. And again, it's completely contrary to the word of God. Before Adam sinned, he was in the Garden of Eden, and he dressed and kept the garden. That means he worked. But he didn't work that hard, but he did work. So work is not a curse. Work is good for men, and God wants men to work. But after Adam and Eve sinned, and after Adam sinned, God cursed the ground, and it be became very difficult for him to produce his food. So um, um, then man had to work by the sweat of his brow. So work became harder after Adam sinned. So sin is, is the problem. But work is not the problem. So God wants men to work and to support their families. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, it says, But if any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. The word infidel means unbeliever. It means heathen. Uh, one who does not believe the Bible is an infidel. That's the true definition of infidel, an unbeliever. So that's point two. Satan does not want men to be self-reliant. But God wants us to be self-reliant as much as we're able to. Thirdly, Satan and liberals want men to approve of homosexual relationships or to at least not care what homosexuals do. I've heard people like Sean Hannity and others, they'll say, I don't care what they do in private. Well, God does, and so do good men, and so do good women. Good people care about what certain people do in private. And the reason why is 
what they do in private sometimes hurts themselves. And, and if you care, if I care about homosexuals, I will not want them to hurt themselves. And also, if you care about families, you're going to care about what people do in private. And if you care about society, you're going to care about what some people do in society. Or in, in private, I should say. So Satan wants men to approve or be neutral toward homosexual relationships. It's Satan that is behind that. It's, it's really communists and Marxists that are behind that. Now, why does Satan want people to approve of homosexual co conduct? It's because it goes against God's plan. Remember, God... Uh, Satan, I should say, is the arch enemy of God. He hates God. And God's plan is for us to be fruitful and multiply. So that's why they promote homosexuality. They don't want people to be fruitful and multiply, as God wants. Also, because this will reduce the population. Uh, liberals and leftists and uh, uh, false scientists think that there's a problem of overpopulation in this world. That is pure... Uh, nonsense. It's not true. God made the world and he told us to be fruitful and multiply and it is God's call as to whether there's too many people on this earth or not. And the problem is not that there's too many people. The problem is sin. All the problems in the world is not because of overcrowding. It's because of sinful people and sinful governments who are promoting sin. So sin is the great problem in the world. So uh, Satan does not want this world to be populated. Also, uh, Satan uh, loves to promote homosexual activity because that will damn homosexuals in hell. And Satan wants all people to go to hell as fast as possible. And he wants their time in hell to be really painful. This is the implacable hatred that Satan has for you and I and for humanity. And that's why he attacks people, because he's trying to get at God. Satan cannot attack God directly. He can only attack those made in God's image. And men and women are both made in God's image, but especially a man. In other words, a man, by virtue of his gender, is in the image of God more so than a woman, just by virtue of his gender. That's why there's a big attack on the male gender. And you can read about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's in verse 7. Why does God promote homosexuality? Because that abolishes the family. And the Communist Manifesto calls, for, it says it this way, abolish the family, exclamation point. That's what they want. They want to abolish the family. And homosexual relations does that. And not only that, it destroys cultures and it weakens nations. And that's why they push this. Because they know that God will curse any nation that uh, promotes this or uh, endorses this kind of behavior. And when it, especially when it's uh, put into the laws of society as it is today. And... Of course, Satan, I'm going to read now in Acts chapter 13. In Acts chapter 13, we read about someone who was 
helping out the devil. And I'm going to start reading now. Um, it says, verse 8, chapter 13, Acts 8, says, But Elymas, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, quote, O full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? So the Apostle Paul, who was filled with the Holy Ghost, said that this sorcerer was full of all subtlety and mischief. He was an enemy of all unrighteousness, of, of all righteousness, and he was perverting the right ways of God. So anybody who would pervert the right ways of God, those people are serving the devil. And of course, that's what Satan wants. So that's another, that's the third point here. Satan and liberals want to approve of or at least be neutral toward homosexual relationships. But the liberals and the leftists, they, they think homosexuality, if you're opposed to homosexuality, they call that toxic. So it's the exact opposite of what, of what God says. Here's uh, point four. Satan and the Marxists and the social engineers, they want men to be socially, uh, not socially, emotionally unstable. They want men to cry like women and to act like women and to act on their emotions like women. That's what they want. And again, that's the exact opposite of what God Almighty wants because I'm reading now in 2 Samuel chapter 10 and we're reading about David, King David's, probably his top general was Joab. And Joab was about to go to war and he's giving a pep talk to his fellow soldiers and listen to what he says to his soldiers that are about to go fight a, a, a serious battle. He says, this is in 2 Samuel chapter 10, verse 12. Be of good courage. Let us play the men for our people and for the cities of our God. And the Lord do that which seemeth him good. This is what he said. He told the men to be courage, courageous. And he, said us, and he said, let us play the men. To play the men, really, he, what he's saying here is act in character as men. That's what he's saying. And then he says, for our people. So they were patriotic. So true men, good men, are patriotic. They care not only for themselves, and they use their strength, their manly strength, for the purpose of protecting the nation and preserving the nation and their own people. And of course, it's all under God, because it, it says they were fighting for the cities of our God. Good cities, cities that are lawful and want to do right, they're, they're, those are good cities, and we want to protect that. So anyway, God wants men to play the men. Now, if you look in the corrupt Bible versions, they won't have the word men in there, because the corrupt Bible versions are produced by, um, by people who are are in sympathy with the Roman Catholic Church. And the Roman Catholic Church, with their Jesuits and their Knights of Malta people, 
and all the other people that, that are part, the Illuminati, they produce the Illuminati, they produce, they're very highly influential. Um, they help produce the, uh, the Freemason movement. And that's why feminism is so big in all these movements. They hate men. And the new modern versions are produced by people who despise, and they won't say that verbally, but they do. They despise the authorized version of the Bible. And the authorized version says, we have it here. Joab is telling his people to play the men. In other words, act in character as men. Be manly. Be patriotic also. So, uh, the liberals think that if men would be more womanish and they would act on their feelings more, they would like men to be like that. But Satan does not want men to act on their feelings. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm saying, I'm sorry, God does not want men to act on their feelings. God wants men to act in accordance to reason and put reason and, and uh, rational thinking ahead of feelings and ahead of emotions. Uh, the Bible also says to walk in the flesh means to yield to human desires and human emotions in opposition to God's law. That's what it means to walk in the flesh. It means to yield to human desires and human emotions in opposition to God's law. And the Bible tells us not to walk in the flesh. So... Um, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it says there is a time to weep and a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn and there's a time to dance. So there is a time for men to weep. The Lord Jesus wept. So weeping is not wrong, but acting on emotions is wrong. God doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to act in accordance to his law. And uh, if men would do that, that would take away the power from the globalists and the socialists and the oligarchs that want to rule society, not, not only America, but all nations. They want a new world order. So that's number four. Now, number five, Satan and the oligarchs and the socialists, they want men to be womanish. Why? Because womanish men are weak, they're dispirited, they're tender, they're lazy, they're passive, they're cowardly. And that's how they want men to be. And, of course, they want the woman to take on that role, which is perfect confusion. Now, in the Bible, in Jeremiah chapter 51, we in verse 30, we read this. The mighty men of Babylon have forborne to fight. That means they have ceased to fight. They have remained in their holds, in their forts. Their might hath failed. Their might hath failed. They became as women. They have burned her dwelling places. Her bars are broken. So when men become as women, a nation becomes defeated, weak. And uh, the Bible uh, has no problem of condemning men who become as women. So a womanish man is depicted in the Bible as an effeminate man. 
And if you look at the word effeminacy in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, it says very clearly, it says in those verses, it says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Neither fornicators and adulterers, and it mentions uh, those sins. And then it says, neither the effeminate. So when uh, effeminacy in men is weakness, and it's, uh, it's a sin that will prevent men from going to heaven. You can read about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. So God wants men to act on principle, on reason, and out of a sense of goodwill, not on emotion. And um, so that was number five. Satan wants men to be womanish or unmanly. That's how Satan wants men to behave. So if you're a manly man, the liberals... And Piers Morgan and all these talking heads on, on the alphabet channels, they, they say if a man is, uh, is manly, they call that um, toxic. And it's the exact opposite of what God says. Number six, Satan does not want men to rule over women. In marriage or in society and that's why the liberals who have taken over our court system that's why they uh, always let the women have their way in the court so if a woman accuses a man in their mind the woman is right they don't have to investigate women can do no wrong in the mind of the liberals in courts and this is so obvious that a person has to be blind and has to not want to see it in, in order not to see it. So that's why women get their way in the courts. And what that does is it weakens men because a lot of men are afraid to play the man in their home and they're afraid to put their foot down and they're afraid to usurp authority or exercise authority, not usurp, exercise. They're afraid to exercise authority in their homes because they know that the wife can easily go to the court, get a protection order, put on that man on her word alone. And they don't ask questions. I heard there's one state in the union, I'm not sure which one, I think I heard it was Florida, when a, somebody puts a protection order on their spouse, they put them both in jail for a weekend or for a time. I don't know if that's true, I heard that. But that would be a good way to deal with it. If a woman wants to complain about a man being abusive, the courts ought to take them both, put him in jail. And uh, that'll probably solve things. Uh, maybe there'll be less false accusation taking place. But what the liberals want is they want the woman to rule. They don't want the men to rule. And they want the courts and the police officers to intrude and interfere into the government of a home, which is immoral, and it's, it's what the Nazis would do. It's what the communists would do. They interfere with home government, and God has made it very clear that there is home government. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, like I quoted already, 
in Genesis chapter 3, verse 16, it says, And he shall rule over thee. That's what God said to the woman. And um, there were two reasons. There are two reasons why the man is to rule over the woman in the marriage. One of them is because God made the man first. And the other one is because the woman was the first one to sin. She was also the first one to talk to the devil. And uh, that's never, never wise to talk to the devil. Do not talk to the devil. If you want to talk to someone, talk to God. That's called prayer. We should pray to God. Don't talk to the devil. And don't have a conversation with him. And that's what Eve did. She was the first one to have a conversation with Satan, who was inside that animal. Later became a, a God cursed that animal. And then that animal became a serpent and would lick dust for its survival. Well, that's, um, that's the serpent. And we should have nothing to do with the serpent. And also, the woman was the first one to tempt somebody else to sin. So God, because of all that put together, God says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. In other words, when a woman submits to her husband, she's actually submitting to God. Now, that doesn't mean that the husband is God, but that husband represents God. He represents uh, God's delegated authority. God delegates authority to the husband in the home. And um, that's why God says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. In another place, it says, submit yourself in everything to your husband. As the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. It says that in Ephesians chapter 5. Verse uh, 26, 27, 28 in, in that passage there. And then God doesn't only tell wives to submit. He says for men that their duty is to love their wives and to be the head. In other words, act as the head. And that's found in Ephesians chapter 5. So God wants the men to be the Lord's. A lord with a small l. A lord is an owner. Yes, the man owns that wife when he marries her. She becomes his property. That is clear. If you don't believe me, read the last of the Ten Commandments. It says, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thy neighbor's ox, and thy neighbor's wife, thy neighbor's manservant. So, all these things belong to that man. The wife belongs to the husband, and he has delegated authority over her. And he has to have authority over her if he is to love her. It's impossible for a man to really love his wife if he does not have authority over her. Uh, because if he can't control her behavior, then he really cannot protect her, and he cannot promo promote her well-being. So she has to do her part if she wants her well-being to be protected. So this is very clearly taught in the Bible. And in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, it talks about a bishop must be the husband of one wife. That means a pastor should be the husband of one wife. That means God forbids female pastors and, and females who even speak in church. And I've talked about that in the past. God strictly forbids women speaking in church. You can read about it 
in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and also in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. So God wants men to rule well their own houses. Well, to rule means to govern. It means to act as the head. And it also implies um, executing justice. Yes, that means men have the right to even discipline their wives, definitely their children. And uh, that's very clearly taught in 1 Timothy chapter 3, and there's other places. In uh, There's other places where that's taught. In uh, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 19, it says, It is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and an angry woman. Well, uh, God does not want women to be contentious. That means argumentative, to be assertive with their words, to be just going against the husband's authority. She does, God does not want women to do that. And, and women who do that are a real um, hindrance and a, a, they, they, they really uh, hurt the, the man. Because it says, it's better to dwell in the wilderness. Now, who wants to dwell in the woods? Think of it today, going out to try to live in the woods for three days. That would be very uncomfortable. You have to deal with the elements, the cold. Uh, I mean, it, it would be very uncomfortable to dwell in the wilderness. Well, what does it say here in this verse? It's better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and an angry woman. So women, they were designed to serve the man, to help the man. Uh, it says, neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. It says that in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 9, I believe, around there. And that's why God created a woman, is to be a helper, not to be a, content, a contender with him or in competition with him, and this is all clearly taught in the Bible. And also it says an angry woman. An angry woman is hard to live with. The Bible says charity suffers long and is kind. And then it says is not easily provoked. In other words, not easily angered. And that's part of love. So women need to learn on being submissive and loving their husbands. Because their husbands are doing so much good for them, even bad husbands. I know everybody will say, well, you don't know my husband. Well, I think you need to open your eyes. Your husband probably goes to work for you, and he pays the bills, and he does what he can to, to help out the family, I'm sure. So we need to realize that this, I've kind of gone, gone off track a little bit, but Satan does not want men to rule over women in marriage and in society. Satan wants women to be in positions of authority in the workplace over men and to be in positions of authority in the home. And by the way, when a woman goes to the court and puts a protection order on, on her husband, she's usurping authority over him. She is serving the devil right then and there. And uh, no woman in that state will ever go to heaven. They need to repent. And of course, we all sin at times and we need to repent. And, and change our ways. So here's uh, number seven. Satan and liberals, they love to promote 
domestic violence. Oh, they say they're against domestic violence, but they do everything that needs to be done to promote domestic violence. You say, how do liberals promote domestic violence? Oh, they promote the drinking of alcohol. They promote living together without, the, without being married. They promote common law living. The government does that. They, they uh, reward women if they get pregnant out of wedlock. So yeah, the government promotes domestic violence. And these are situations where you're going to get domestic violence. And when, when, the, when the courts uh, basically see the, man, the woman as the ruler in the home and the, and the police act that way, then they are actually contributing to the violence and to the dis- disruption in that home. Now, some will say, well, Don, don't you believe in equal rights? Yeah, I do. I believe in equal rights under God's law. That's the key. Equal rights under the law. That means a wife has the right to obey her husband and to obey her husband more than any other man. She has that right as well as the, that duty. But you know, that as she exercises that right and obeys and loves and cherishes her husband, as she exercises that right, she will be so blessed. She will be so protected, definitely protected from Satan's um, antics and Satan's uh, influence. So yeah, I believe in equal rights, but it has to be under the law. And guess what else the law says? The law commands the man to love his wife and to act as head or to be the head. Well, to act as head means he has the right to govern her. And yes, the word is control and he has the right to do that. And that's how he loves her. If he cannot control her actions, then he really doesn't love her. And I say that because the Lord Jesus Christ says very clearly in Revelation chapter 3, verse 19, it says, as Jesus is speaking, and he says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. So that verse shows that Christ he loves his people, his church, by rebuking them when they need it. To rebuke means to reprove or to correct with words. Uh, but the word rebuke can also mean to correct with discipline. But then he says chasten, and the word chasten means to discipline, but it literally means to whip or to scourge. And Christ does that for his church. So a man is to love his wife as Christ loves the church. Well, how does Christ love his church? He acts as the head of the church. He is the Lord. Christ is the Lord. That means the the word Lord simply means the one in authority, the one in authority. All right, so that's number seven. Here's another one, number eight. Satan wants women, not men. He wants women to dominate in homes and in society. He wants women to assert themselves. He wants women to be empowered to compete with men in the workplace and even in the home. And Satan also wants women to work outside the home as much as possible so that the children will have no... Um, no mother home when they come home from school or whatever. And also, um, they want the woman to work outside the home because Satan wants women to take measures and have operations so that they cannot have children 
That's all the work of Satan. Any woman who would do something to prevent herself from having children is she's really unsexing herself. She's uh, disturbing or um, uh, she's undermining the purpose of her own existence. Remember, the word woman comes from a compound word, womb, and man. She is a man or a human being with a womb. A womb is a little house for babies. And of course, uh, as soon as the baby is born, that woman from her own breast can feed that baby. Now, the communists, the leftists, the progressives don't want that. They want to promote the baby formula and they don't like breastfeeding and they also don't like the woman having babies because they are opposed to Christ who says by the way the first commandment you will read as you start reading Genesis as you start reading the Bible the first commandment you will read is this be fruitful and multiply I'm not saying it's the most important I'm just saying it's the first one as you start reading the Bible. And Satan also wants women to wear the pants, both figuratively and literally. I believe it is a sin for women to wear pants because that is the garment of a man. And also Satan wants women to have short hair. Why? Because he wants the woman's head to be exposed. That's why women should have long hair. It is to cover the head. It is God's way of saying, woman, ladies, you are not the head in society. The man is the head in society. And uh, that's all found in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And that's why the Bible says it is a glory for a woman to have long hair. Why is it a glory? Well, it's a glory to her because it is a beautiful thing when a woman has long hair because she is acting not as a man but she's acting in a feminine way long hair on women is is a um, it's an indication of femininity in the heart as well as outward so i i mentioned a lot here and uh i um i'm not giving you that many verses but i have given you some uh, so what does god want god wants not the woman to dominate but the men to dominate. And I made that clear. Genesis chapter 3, verse 16. Also 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It says, the head of the woman is the man. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. God wants men to assert themselves, not the woman. And the word assert means to put oneself forward boldly. When women act like that, they're living opposite of what a lady should be like. God tells women to be silent five times in two passages. In 1 Corinthians 14, there's like two, two or three verses there. He tells women five times to be silent in the church. That is in the, in the, in the congregation where people get together to talk about God. So God really means it. And the word silent really, I mean, the... <laughs> The, uh, if you look it up in, in uh, you look the, up the Greek word, which I don't do, but if you would, guess what that word silent really means? It means exactly the way the King James put it. It means silence. It says, for it is forbidden unto them to speak. 
And uh, these are God's words. And, I, you know, we can't be fighting against God if, if we want God's blessings. That's all there is to it. If you want God's blessings in your home, you need to li live for God. You want Him in, the, in your culture? You want uh, God's rules to, to dominate in our culture? Well, we have to do our part. So uh, a woman, can she have influence? Absolutely. She has tremendous influence over men and over children. Now, of course, women are allowed to teach other women, but make sure that they, they better be teaching God's word to other women. And they can also teach children, but they're not to be in a position of teaching men. But can women influence men? Yeah. It, if you look it up in 1 Peter chapter 3, it says, Likewise, the women be in subjection unto your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word, that means without preaching, uh, uh, win the, the, the husband over. So that's how a wife wins over her husband. It is by being meek and quiet and by having a good example in her life. If she just plays her part, uh, the, the men will probably have be forced to play their part. A lot of women say, oh, well, we women have to step up to the plate because men aren't doing it. No, why don't you just be submissive, be meek and quiet, and you watch, the men will stand up to the plate because somebody has to protect you. And if, 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 so this is the way to have a, a good society. So God wants men to be the sole or at least the primary breadwinner and to be stay-at-home moms. He wants women to be stay-at-home moms. So uh, it's okay for men to compete with men at work. That's fine. But for men to compete with women, that's not, that should not be allowed in, in the workplace especially. So God wants men to wear the pants, not the woman. And um, here's Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 5. The woman shall not wear that which pertains unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so are abomination unto the Lord. God uh, sees that as an abomination when women dress like men or men dress like women. And um, I've looked at the word breeches. That's the only word that comes close to pants in the Bible. And I believe it's in four, five, six places. And I've done a study on this. And nowhere do you see women wearing breeches or pants in the Bible. Now, men would wear robes, yes, but there were female robes and male robes. Men would wear robes. It's okay for a man to wear a robe. Jesus wore a robe, and uh, many men used to wear robes, and that would be fine for the man. But even in that situation, there was a robe for women and a robe for men. Now, if a man wears a dress, what would you say? you would say it is womanish, and you'd be correct. What does this tell you about dresses? It tells you this. Dresses are women's clothing. So what should women wear? Dresses, because that's clearly women's clothing. And if women would start wearing dresses, maybe things would start getting reversed in society, and the communists might lose a little bit more of their power. But the way it's going, it's not going good at all. Uh, this is not going to end well for society, for sure. So toxic masculinity, as defined by the leftists, like Piers Morgan and almost everybody on the TV, uh, it, toxic masculinity is 
the way men ought to be in their mind. But God says the opposite. The leftists are the real misogynists. In other words, they're the real haters of women. Let's make that clear. Uh, a man who wants his wife to dress in a way that's displeasing to God, that man does not love his wife or his daughter. And, of course, the Bible also commands women to dress modestly. I am amazed at the kind of clothing that women are wearing today. It is so wicked. And there's no way that women who wear these spandex kind of tight pants, whatever they're called, I don't even know what they're called, but um, leggings, I guess they call them. This is very immodest. And a father who will allow his daughter to dress like that does not really love his daughter. I'm not trying to insult anybody. I'm not trying to make anybody uncomfortable. But this is a fact. And we have to start loving women. Uh, loving the, the opposite sex. We men need to do that. And so uh, the leftists are the ones that are trying to send the women to hell by encouraging women to take on the man's role and the man's... Uh, habits and the man's uh, behavior and the man's dress. So the liberals are the real haters, not only of women, but I believe the liberals are the ones that hate homosexuals. Why? Because they promote that. They, it's as if the liberals say, yeah, keep, keep doing what you need to do to go to hell. That's what the liberals want homosexuals to do. So they, they promote homosexuality. And it really, it's all being done by the globalists, by the oligarchs, by the international bankers, and by the Jesuits. They're behind all this. And we are being seduced. All of society is. And it's because society doesn't even open the Bible anymore. And by the way, they are in our churches. All these people are, there are antichrists in our churches. Even in our so-called Protestant churches or so-called Bible-believing churches. They're, they're promoting this stuff. Uh, does your pastor talk like this here? He needs to. Because if we don't change it, it's going to get even worse. Now, I believe if we love people, we're going to do everything in our power to reprove them of misbehavior. Now, that's a tough thing to do in our culture, culture because they, th they think you're being judgmental. But really, that's not the case. In Leviticus chapter 19, Verse 17, in the Old Testament, it says this, Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. So that's saying that we should rebuke one another. We should encourage each other to walk in the right way. And if you see somebody committing a sin, we should do what we can to help them get rid of that sin. So I want to say these uh, comments. I got a few comments here that I got to make in conclusion. If masculinity is so hated by the leftists and the feminists, why do they want women to be masculine? I thought they hated masculinity. Isn't that weird? Why do they want women to be masculine if they hate masculinity so much? Well, actually what they want to do is just reverse what God has said. Remember that verse. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. That put darkness for light and light for darkness. 
bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. They, the leftists, just want to reverse the roles. And by the way, that's what Satanism is all about. It's all about practicing the law of reversals. That's why they, do, they write backwards. They do things backwards. They just reverse. Look at the peace cross, the peace sign. It is an upside down and inverted cross. That's Satanism. And they call that, that's the way to peace. In other words, reject the cross and we will have peace. Re reject pure religion, they say. They say reject all religion, but really what they mean is reject Christianity and we'll have peace in this world. It's pure Satanism. So um, masculinity, they hate masculine, but they want women to be masculine. So they, uh, they, they want women to be manly. They want women to have haircuts like men. They want women to talk like men. They want women to dress like men. They want women to walk like men and cuss like men. They, they do that in the workplace. Women have just as much a dirty mouth as men do sometimes. They want to compete like men. They want to dominate uh, and assert themselves like men. And uh, that's not the way to happiness, by the way. Self-will is not the pathway to well-being. Doing God's will is the pathway to well-being. So why is it that they want to push women into masculine roles? It's because this world needs both masculinity and femininity. You cannot have a world apart from the two genders. And by the way, there's only two genders. Anybody that says there's more than two genders is lying to you. They're deceiving. They're working for the big money interests. If you want to keep your job in a university today, you have to talk like this. You have to promote uh, feminine uh, feminism and you have to promote transgenderism and you have to promote the concept that there's more than two genders. This is all satanic because the people who have all the money are Satan worshipers and there's no doubt about it. Uh, you can look at it yourself and you'll see that. So men are best suited to be masculine. And men are best suited to, to, to fulfill the manly roles. Doesn't that make sense? And women are best suited to be feminine and to fulfill their roles. No man can be a mother like a woman can. Or not, not many men anyway. And women are built to take care of children. They know how to handle children far better than men do. And uh, they're better homemakers. They're better at doing a lot of things. They're better nurses even than men as a rule. So I'm not, uh, I'm just saying this society needs both, both roles, the masculine role and the feminine role. So we are losing this battle right now and we got to uh, realize it. We are losing the battle to remain sane, to remain rational. And it's all because we are throwing out common sense we are throwing out bible truth and they're very consistent reason and the bible are very consistent and um, basically they're telling you to stop thinking we will do the thinking for you that's what the talking heads are doing saying that's what the liberals and the, the leaders in society they're telling you stop thinking we will do the thinking for you and if we say something is black even though it's white call it black and if there's and vice versa and if up 
to you, it means pointing up to the sky. If they say up is pointing down to the ground, they say just go with it. And uh, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to confuse us, and they're trying to uh, actually um, give up common sense and, and reason. So Satan hates men and the male gender and masculinity. Why? Because the male gender reminds him of God. That's why Satan hates men. Satan hates men because men uh, he because Satan wants to destroy and weaken nations. And on the heels of that, there'll be only his tools ru ruling the world. And that's what the Bible says will occur by the way. And it and Satan hates men because it destroys the foundation of the home. If there's no man in the home, that home will be destroyed or severely weakened. And um, that's the found, and the home is the foundation of society. And Satan hates men because he hates women too, and he hates children, and he hates all of mankind. He hates men because he knows that men are the best protectors of women and children. And he also hates men because it empowers women to listen to Satan and to listen to false teaching. And um, that's why Satan hates men, because it empowers women to listen to Satan, as in the Garden of Eden, by the way. So here's a good verse in John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus is speaking and he says this, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. If you want abundant life, you need to come to Christ, receive his instructions, his rules, his laws, his way of living, and you will have abundant life. Now, it may bring, and it probably will bring, persecution. But if you're right with God and you're being persecuted, you will have peace in your soul. And I want to leave you with this last verse. It's in Mark chapter 8. And it says, What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall it advantage him if he gains the whole world and lose his own soul? Now, let me just get rid of the words gain the whole world because most people don't want to gain the whole world. All they want is to keep their high-paying job or to keep their job. All they want is to gain peace in the home. So let me read it this way. What shall it profit a man if he has peace in his home but loses his soul? What shall it profit a man if he keeps his high-paying job and loses his own soul? And there are so many people. They will sacrifice principle and reason and sacrifice the will of God in order to maintain what they call their own personal well-being. Well, according to God's word, there's nothing, nothing more valuable than your soul. So I just want to encourage you. Live for God no matter what comes and don't lose your soul. Thank you for listening. God bless you.
you've just heard is the Neurological Deep Dive Podcast. And we thank you for listening. Tune in to the next show. And we out.